0: Evening, everybody hey what are you doing what are you doing it's 6 50 something on a Thursday night in November it's the third night in November 2022 and tonight, I'm here with you, and you are here with me. And what are we going to do? I don't know. I think we're going to get a little bit personal tonight. So we'll do a little bit of headlines, and we stay flexible, as as always, if something big happens. We always have the ability to move as quickly with the rest of them. But here's what we're doing tonight. I, I, I want to get into a little bit of a deeper issue with the audience based on a number of things that I was seeing coming out of just everyday people, whether they are posting on certain message boards or even if it was coming from articles about faith in America and all that stuff. And with everything going on on the outside, and it's already such a, uh, an explosive journey... In life on the inside to know where you're going and 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 um, to examine religious faith or faith in humanity and yourself whatever the hell it is but especially faith in God I want to talk about that tonight because I I want to know how many how many of you out there if, if you're willing to share and I would love to hear from you because um, I know that a lot of people must be struggling and I think it'll be a good, uh, a good thing to, to mix in with some themes about nostalgia. Because I think I got an, a, a good understanding, a few new ways of articulating why nostalgia is so uh, important. And I wanted to just throw that out there and, and do a little bit of little uh, social, cultural obser- observation studies with you all. Take calls and all that. I have great things to watch with you. So we can do that for those of you in podcast land. Anything that we have to watch, I will—I'll describe to the best of my ability. But uh, but yeah, there's—I think there's a lot there t- tonight, and I I really hope that you take the trip with me because who the hell knows? Anytime we go outside the box and we do something like this, it affects people in ways that even I never expected, and I get the most wonderful feedback um, in the inbox afterwards so that's what we're going to we're going to do i want to get into the deeper issue with the audience on faith and the struggle for people to find it and or keep it especially with all that is going on around us everything we're up against so we'll do a little mix of current events and then we'll uh we'll go into it and i really hope that this this comes out right and coherent as i said in the opening in the description and i would love to involve a good portion of the audience so please feel encouraged to call in tonight about anything you can uh you can make up a name whatever so that'd be great all right first thing i want to do is thank bluemonsterprep.com pat and gina from Blue monster prep got in touch with me they're like frank we want to get in on some of these raffles. I said, well, that's great. The general raffles would be great, too. Because, um, you know, last night we talked about Precious Metals being part of the the monthly sponsor raffles that begin this month with some silver and some coffee and stuff. So if you become a monthly sponsor on quite TV or Patreon or Subscribestar, you're automatically entered into those every month. But we're still going to keep up the general uh, Super Chat raffles. And, and Pat and Gina were like, let's do it. So I think that uh, they're going to throw in food and all the other shit like that. And I can't wait to announce that as it comes. But for tonight, I just want to say BlueMonsterPrep.com. Go and check it. They, they have a Getting Started page that they put up weeks ago now. You should go there and just take a look at what you may have, what you may need, and how it, how it falls on their priority sheet. And if you have any questions... Contact Pat and Gina. All the information is on BlueMonsterPrep.com. Use promo code Frankly, and go into the winter with a little bit less on your mind, because there's going to be a lot to think about. If I uh, if I can bet on anything. All right. So where are we going? Where are we going now? Into the grab bag. First one up is from the BBC. Here you go. I'll then a little bit of a reminder of what we did last night. And the reason why prepping is going to be huge for everybody. The Bank of England, coming out again four hours ago, expects the UK to fall into longest ever recession. I don't know why people aren't just calling it depression already. But uh, that's one domino that's falling before the dollar, I, I suppose. They're having a lot of problems that does not that is not um, isolated from us. So you pay attention to things like this. The Bank of England has warned the U.K. is facing its longest recession since records began as it raised interest rates by, uh, by the most in 33 years. We're doing the same over here. It warned the U.K. would face a very challenging two-year slump with unemployment nearly doubling by 2025. Bank boss Andrew Bailey warned of a tough road ahead for U.K. households but said it had to act forcefully now or things will be worse later on. It lifted interest rates of 3% from 2.25%, the biggest jump since 1989. By raising rates, the bank is trying to bring down soaring prices and the cost of uh, living ri- uh, uh, of cost of living rises as the cost of living rises at its fastest rate in 40 years. So it's just more of the same everywhere. So what do you do to hedge against all of that? and make things better for you as an individual, you as an individual family, as a as a neighborhood, a community, how local are you thinking? And that's really our responsibility now as individuals. So as far as the response to that really diluted, and we know why they did it, the address yesterday that went on when we were speaking to Tony, Tony from Wise Wolf, the address from Joe Biden, about election denialism and all that stuff, which was just ironic. Uh, well, we got some. Of the, I, I like some of the responses that came from Michael Knowles. Here's one. I thought this was great. They don't accept. They don't accept the results when we win because they don't consider us legitimate participants in quote our democracy. Which I'm glad he said that because that that really references to the reality, the schism that we have in reality that's going on right now. And it's the most important thing. We'll get to that in just a second. They don't accept the results when we win because they don't consider us legitimate participants and quote, our democracy. They should should have put the little trademark symbol there. Our democracy, TM. You can put the trademark over a lot of things they say because you know it's not a generalized term with uh, universally accepted definitions. They are speaking an alien language in front of us at all times. We don't accept the results when they win because they rig elections and brag about it. So here we are. And that's a great, great way to encapsulate where we are. They brag about it, but they have the media and they have the power of the dictionary on their side. Very good power. You know, things like our democracy, the constitution, equality, diversity fortification things like that they speak an inverted alien language complete inversion so once you've mastered listening to that once you've mastered it and you can understand what they're actually saying then it 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 makes analyzing speeches and network news and things of the sort a whole lot easier but also ten times more disturbing Because when you realize that we're actually in different dimensions, but we've somehow had this bleed over where we're all occupying the same space, that sucks. Um, You know, that's, that's, and it's obviously getting more and more dangerous. And here's more from the White House itself, the White House Twitter account. You ready for this one? Listen, Joe Biden... Democracy is more than a form of government. It's a way of being, a way of seeing the world, a way that defines who we are, what we believe, and why we do what we do. Democracy is simply that fundamental. Well What he's describing there is a, uh, a, a theology. He's describing a religious belief. The, the person underneath him, which I, it's a top comment, I thought it was fantastic, from, I don't even, Eudaimonia Esquire says democracy is a procedural mechanism not a series of substantive commitments you're simply conflating lockean liberalism with democracy this is the rhetoric that allows you to suggest that anyone who opposes you also opposes democracy itself and i know what we're going to get in the chat room because i know what uh, how the, what kind of response this elicits all over the all over the country um, the, the, the first thing you'll see from people is go, they'll go, Constitutional Republic. Yes, understood. Now, getting away from talking about Republic, uh, that is a, that's a play in itself. They don't want to talk about the Constitution, Republic, representative government, and that, that Russian doll level of decentralization and separation of powers, because they want the powers combined, of course. And you don't get that anywhere. I mean, the, the, the only other place that you get powers combined and centralized more than a democracy is an absolute monarchy. Okay, now the democracy we have is actually a military junta with a massive shadowy bureaucratic state behind it that is connected to other bureaucracies around the world. It's an internationalist thing with banks and everything else uh Uh, you know, know, flowing through uh, its veins. But democracy, you also have to remember, ladies and gentlemen, just for a little bit of a balance, if we're talking about actual civics, not that it really means that much to us because this is not a democratic society, it's not a constitutional republic, we have that as our charter, but it's just not what we're living in. Democracy makes a republic possible. You can't go send your representatives to the House without purely one person, one vote, democratic, simple majority elections that are held in your state level and then it's sent on off. That's the same thing that goes on with your senators, with your representatives, your governors. So uh, inside of the overall mechanism that was created by the framers, democracy, as, a, as a Eudaimonia Esquire over here said, as a procedural mechanism makes a republic possible. But um, this is just, when someone like Joe, Joe, uh, I was going to (laughs) say Joe Democracy, (laughs) when someone like Joe Democracy goes out there and throws this shit around, it's really for the lowest common denominator to absorb and, I don't know, internalize in some misguided way. It's, they obviously don't know what the hell they're talking about. Um, But yes. So, uh, and and, and here's another one. Here is another one. Um, I don't know. This was deleted from the White House this morning. Oh, no, uh, last night at uh, 7.15 p.m. So I, I don't know what hormonal teenage girl was writing the tweets for Joe Biden. It's probably the same one who writes his speeches. But take a look at this one. 7.15 p.m. while we were on air and about to jump into the intro American democracy is under attack because the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 20 you would think that there was only other one other president I mean there were many defeated presidents former presidents but we know what what, he he won't even speak Trump's name in this and it's it's all about Trump we'll talk about for a second the defeated former president of the United States refuses to accept the results of the 2020 election he refuses to accept the will of the people he refuses to accept the fact that he lost Um, did he leave the White House did he get into Marine one and fly away or or uh, or Air Force one or two and fly down to Florida it it, I mean does he not have a First Amendment right to speak in public and to hold an opinion but did, did he not leave did he not leave so I, I don't understand. Refuses to it. Why, why must Why must people bow, kneel, and accept accept the new uh, the new regime? Why is that so important? You guys never do that. Even though I mean, to, that even even me saying that makes it seem like there really is a separation between the parties and whatever, and it's all really par for the course here. But when you when you look at this again for the lowest common denominator out there. All Donald, I mean, Donald Trump obviously has every right to question an election that he was involved in, and he could question it to the detriment of his own personal reputation if there's, especially if there's no reasonable basis for the objection, but there is. Now you think about Hillary Clinton for a second, and I don't like thinking about her, but let's just talk about her for a second. Her loss was pathetic. She spent nearly $2 billion to lose to a guy who, who raised and spent about a quarter of that. And the people that were following her were completely sideswiped. Sideswiped. Knocked upside the back of the head. Drunk off of fake polls and what they were convinced was destiny. All right? Lost by 75 electoral college votes. And you know, maybe, maybe in another world, under other circumstances... They may have just let people accept the reality that Hillary lost and Donald Trump won, and they would just be the normal sticks in the mud that any opposition party is to the, the party that just won over the course of that four years, and just make another attempt, because four years is not a lot of time at all. But they had too many other things going on in 2015 and going into 2016. First of all, they had to cover up what the FBI was doing, not only on their own, but with Fusion GPS and the DNC, Hillary Clinton in particular. They were still hurting from the Podesta leak. They were hurting from the DNC leak. They were hurting from the Wiener laptop. Obama and the FBI did not want Michael Flynn back in the White House. So, I mean, it it was more than just uh, their usual not accepting a loss. They needed a major series of paralyzing distractions to eat up four years of Donald Trump if they, if they couldn't find a way to get him out beforehand So that's number 1 as far as the difference between the two So in 2020 when Trump when Trump is forced out he had every right to question the legitimacy of the undead Biden's uh, election performance with the with the penny saver ballots that were mailed out to everybody but even if he didn't even if even if Trump didn't show any like like didn't go and, and and mention this stuff his skepticism at at um you know rallies and stuff like that it wouldn't have prevented the tens of thousands of people who came forward who who wrote down in sworn affidavits they're witnessing a fraud and other kind of bullying and intimidation uh, it, I, that would not have stopped tens of thousands to come in from that, from ordinary people. Then you had the technology companies, the mathematicians, the lawyers. I mean, the, the evidence and the accusations poured in from all over the country for months. It wasn't one man from his Florida resort who refused to accept that what happened in November of 2020 was reality. I, I always say the results were reality, reflective of reality. It, but they have to keep this about. One man, because I think the Hill asked the question today. Here's the headline. Which will happen first, a Donald Trump indictment or a 2024 presidential announcement? Very interesting question, because if I were Donald Trump and if I were running for 2024, I would announce my candidacy on November, I don't know, 9th. November 9th, maybe. If they don't uh, if they don't take any time over the next four days to announce it I'm announced the indictment because you know they're gonna try with that shit So even statements like this hormonal tweet that was deleted are all designed to hide the massive number of people Who are you and I who are starting to see just things for what they are and it's not that it was a giant exodus from one party to to another most people are disillusioned with the whole damn thing the whole damn thing so just incredible incredible turn of events ain't it here's one for you before we go to break headline from cnbc accused paul pelosi attacker david de Papi could be deported after release from custody dhs says yes back to maga province He's going back to the MAGA province in Canada, I take it. (laughs) The big commie-sympathizing nudist MAGA Canadian, right? So we'll see. Good job. All right, that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back. In the meantime, if you can do me a favor, take this link and tweet it. Truth it, gab it, whatever the hell it is, get it on out there. Thank you so much for being a part of the show, and you can sponsor it right now by throwing your social, I was going to say your social security behind it. You can throw your social media weight behind it. Become a media sponsor tonight and syndicate me to your friends and your family, and I uh, i hope I don't let you down. But um, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Nope.
1: You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a 100 to 1. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay?
2: Let's ride!
0: Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, one and all, for being here tonight. Now, I gotta say, I don't know what is going on, but for what I have planned tonight, the Skype is very important, and I cannot get the Skype to respond to me. So, you know what that means? That means we have one thing that we know is a lock. And that is Discord. So, I'm going to have to try to work on this. I don't know. We'll see. I got to work on this over the course of the next uh, couple of minutes and hopefully we're able to jog something loose. Or else I know a lot of people who are just not going to be able to... Damn. And I need this tonight. I really, really need it. Because if we're going to be talking about faith, crises of faith, especially in troubled times, then we need to be able to open people. But then now, if if this is the case, then I can't. This probably requires a restart, a reinstall. So we're kind of screwed, aren't we? This ain't opening. All right. So uh, in the meantime, I just want to encourage people to, to, I don't know. I guess, Discord or Bust. Uh, thankfully, I have some responses already to these things from the thread I was involved in. And um, and we'll just go from there and then hopefully take in some emails. But this is a major bummer because calls were essential to tonight's show. All right. Now I got that in the back of my mind. First thing up I want to bring up is the Blood Moon Now, we've been getting a lot of insight on the eclipse and all of the celestial activity above that is coordinating or is at least adding to and reflecting what may be happening below. Uh, Blood moon lunar eclipse to fall on Election Day. Yes, we know. Yes, we know. Uh, an, an ominous blood moon lunar eclipse will hang in the sky as Oregon ballots are set to be tallied for the November 8th general election. The Election Day eclipse, NASA says, is the last total lunar eclipse the Earth will see for the next three years. A lunar eclipse occurs when the sun, the Earth, and the moon align, causing the moon to be draped in the darkest part of the Earth's shadow, known as the umbra. These lunar eclipses are sometimes referred to as blood moons due to the reddish hue that is cast onto the moon by refracted sunlight passing through the Earth's atmosphere. This phenomenon, known as the, the, uh, the Rayleigh scattering, I think that's how you say it, Rayleigh, also gives the Earth its blue skies and rose-colored sunsets. Thank God for that. The more dust or clouds in the Earth's atmosphere during the eclipse, the redder the moon will appear, NASA says. As is, uh, it's as if all the world's sunrises and sunsets are projected onto the moon. It's the first time I heard that explained in that way. If unobstructed by cloud cover, the total eclipse of the moon will be visible in the Pacific Northwest and across North and Central America. In Oregon, the eclipse will begin two minutes after midnight on November 8th. The moon will reach full eclipse or totality at 2.17 a.m. and will end at 5.50 a.m. You don't need any special equipment to observe the lunar eclipse, although binoculars, our telescope, will enhance the view and the red color. Burn your eyes right out. So watch out. That's what we have. Remember, there's no real positive spin that I've had anybody tell me about what's going on. From the 31st of October until about March of next year and then a few years afterwards. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. I have an update on this one thing, though. I asked anybody out there if they can send me any objectively funny crimes that you might have come across in the last few weeks, months, years, whatever. So far I've only got back one that really fits the bill. I somebody sent me another one where there was a man that was having sex with a um he was going having sex with a picnic table in a park and I thought okay this could be funny. And then I clicked it and I saw the guy. And I was like, "Nope, this is not funny." Then I read I read a a a, a line or two into the first paragraph and uh And it could be considered a felony because it was not too far away from a school. Said, nope, that's not funny at all. That's, all this is fucked up. But this, this could be pretty hilarious. Here's from the Daily Mail not too long ago. Man is ordered to carry out 75 hours of unpaid work after he deliberately farted at police during a strip search and asked them, how do you like that? <laughs> oh, I don't know what he did. To have the strip search in the first place. But um But but I, I don't know. Oh wait, hold on. We have another one. That was just sent in by, by Krista in the Discord. Oh, this is five minutes long. Krista, do you have like a Do you have a timestamp? A, time a cross dresser arrested. Excuse my beauty, they say. Well, I, okay. I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm going to whittle this one down. I'm going to bookmark this since it's close to five and a half minutes long. I will make sure that this is properly edited. Thank you for the lead, Krista. Thank you. Um, all right. So, see, I've got a couple things back. That's what we have. Now, here's something else. Not too funny. Actually, kind of sad. When you think about what we are talking about with amnesty for the. The pandemic, COVID amnesty, and then all that stuff. Let me see here. Abe says, Control-Alt-Delete. I'm afraid to hit Control-Alt-Delete because we're streaming right now. I I, I ended, I quit Skype. I already quit it. Now, let me see. Everybody, cross your fingers. Task manager. Okay. All right, we're going through. Let's see. What is alive and running right now? Processes. There is no Skype running. Background processes. Is Skype there? Please. Give me something. No. Nope. So I'll try one more time. Come on. Just pop up. That's what she said. All right, so here we have it again. The question about amnesty, about the kind of vitriol that was, that, and, and envy, the, the, the harsh, really terrible nature that came out, uh, that was revealed in people over the course of the last couple of years. You probably heard about this woman, Julie Powell, an author of Julie and Julia. She's dead at 49. I I, uh, can't say that it was sudden because she detailed the last couple of years of her life on Twitter to a degree that shows that she was suffering a great, great deal. And it's actually kind of horrible to watch somebody uh, in in retrospect of a timeline of tweets dying slowly. But you can all uh, guess probably what was a contributing factor here. Julie Powell, the food writer, best known for her wildly popular memoir, Julie and Julia, has died suddenly. Oh, I don't think it was sudden. Did you read the tweets? The best-selling author passed away at her home in Olive Bridge, New York, last Wednesday after going into cardiac arrest, according to the New York Times. She is survived by her husband, brother, and parents. Powell became a literary sensation in 2005 following the release of Julie and Julia, 365 days, 524 recipes, one tiny apartment kitchen a humorous account of her attempt to recreate every recipe from Julia Child's classic cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking. Sold about one million copies and led to a 2009 film adaptation. I remember that. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I remember it coming out. Wow, 2009, huh? Seems like it was yesterday. Anyway, what's really sad about the passing of this woman is the way that she lived her life publicly in the last years. Uh, very, very vicious. Very vicious, um, wishing certain people dead, saying that COVID wasn't killing all the right people and sometimes it did kill the right people and like that kind of stuff. Things that even though I, I, I have a tendency of getting emotional and vitriolic myself and, and, uh, and angry, I have a very hard time very hard time celebrating a person's death, every once in a while, I'll say, oh, I truly don't give a shit. Madeline Albright, people like that who have done such terrible, terrible things to the world, who have had a firsthand... Now, someone, you know, someone like a uh, a Julia Powell, Julie Powell, who unfortunately got swept up in a terrible mix of hypochondria and propaganda and started turning in vicious ways on human beings around her and just putting it's just it's it's awful even that way you look at that and you go god god have mercy just god have mercy because what she went through according to these tweets and i and i read them you know the compilations are out even to the end even right at the end, feeling sick. Uh, 2022, she spent the entire year sick to her stomach and dying slowly, it seems. Her last tweet being on the 25th of October. So I woke up with something that's literally black, hairy tongue. People, including my doctor, seem to think it's no big deal and will go away soon. But it's certainly gross. Um, it's terrible. Now, I don't. I don't take any delight in this because I... I I want to believe I have my soul intact. I get angry just like anybody else. But, um, you know, I, I still at times want to be the usher at the back of the press corps room at the White House that punches every last journalist as they walk out as if they're receiving communion. I still want, you know, every once in a while I still want to do that. But as far as just wishing death on people, it's very hard for me to take the light. Even in in people who I believe have led, who have allowed themselves to do some, given themselves over to some things that are just, I don't know, just God have mercy, man. And uh, just not a good way that I would want to be remembered. And you see people, you know, dunking on her. And maybe she brought that on herself, but still, not a way I want to be remembered. And in, in, the, in the saddest way, that's one of the kind of conditions that we live in with this country, right? In, in anywhere right now. That's some of the conditions. That unless you are completely unassuming and you never make your yourself known and your opinions known and never take a stance on anything controversial ever, then there's always gonna, it seems like there's always going to be somebody dancing on your grave. And that's horrible. It's just a horrible thing. And it's stressful too. It really is. Because you want to know something. People do just have heart attacks. Sometimes, you know, blood clots are not something that just started happening a year and a half ago. And as I said, people have died, we, over 60 to 100,000 people die from the flu every year. Some young, mostly old, Mostly with compromised immune systems and and chronic diseases already that they're they're uh, they're competing with. You know this stuff happens. Life throws you really really hard curveballs, and uh, and and sometimes it's just jarring how quickly a life can be snuffed out. And that used to just be tragic, and and now it's just you're either a you're a, you're a martyr. You, you are a cautionary tale. You got what's coming to you. You, I mean, it's, it's really horrible. It's really horrible. So I want to, that's one of the things that really is just weighing on me when I think about these little checkups we have to have from time to time. Now, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to check up on, on really anything unless people just go out of their way and get into the discord because this um of course this would happen on a night like tonight with the with the skype but i um i found the study finds i'm thinking about god a lot and this popped up a few days ago about americans who are unsure about god that they're fast they're fast growing force in politics supposedly on study finds and then i want to go over to a a thread that I found on someone who is having a hard time losing their faith they can't feel the Holy Spirit and I want to see just how that is prevalent in some of the people's lives right now everybody's going through something everybody wants to, to, to stay on the the, the, the the true and narrow and they want to hold on and they, they know where they want to be but sometimes the reality on the inside and the outside doesn't reflect it and it's scary because you don't want to be left behind it's almost like when you learn about um, the law of attraction for the first time, and suddenly you realize how many negative thoughts you have, and you realize that uh, that, that worrying about how negative your thinking is can become a problem unto itself, and it actually it makes you dig a hole, you feel like you're even farther away from that source you're trying to get to. So, we start here. Americans unsure about God, fast-growing force in politics. It's hard to remember now, given the attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, (laughs) but the day after the votes were cast, one theme stood out, voter turnout. Oh, yes, it stood out all right. You should say ballot turnout, Ryan Burge. Every state in the nation saw a higher turnout in 2020 than 2016, according to an analysis from Pew Research uh, Center. Overall, there were more than 158 million votes cast, according to the Federal Election Commission, nearly 22 million more than just four years prior. Turnout will likely play an out uh, an outsized role in the 2022 uh, midterms as well, as voters determine what political party will have control of the U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate. In uh, 2023, as a political scientist who studies the intersection of religion and politics, I'm interested in which groups may have a strong impact on the balance of power. And if data is any guide, there are two key communities political uh, analysts often overlook atheists and agnostics. Partisan divides. In 2008, almost 8% of entire U.S. uh, population claimed to be atheists or agnostic. According to my analysis of data from the Cooperative Election Studies, or CES, an annual survey conducted, coordinated, by a team at Harvard University, atheists believe that there is no higher power in the universe, while agnostics contend that a higher power may exist, but it's impossible to know for certain. By 2021... That share has risen to about 12%, but atheists and agnostics are often left-leaning in their political persuasion, and their rapid ascendance in the American religious landscape is proving much more consequential to the Democrat Party than the GOP. So you see, uh, y- you can understand why there is such a, um, oh no, what the hell's happening here? What the hell is happening? Hold on a second. So I've got a another freeze. Another freeze. You can see I'm, I, I look completely crestfallen. Do you hear me right now? I look uh, crestfallen in this picture. I'm frozen. But I'm wondering if you can actually hear me. Yes, you hear me. Oh, terrific let me see here so that camera is still on so let me try something let me try something here we go fantastic ah see see I'm running out of I'm running out of things running out of things to go wrong tonight first that happens with the with the Skype now this what else what else? My faith is being tested before your very eyes. That's, that's the theme of tonight's show. Let me see if I can try one more time with the Skype. And no, it's not even, not even coming up. Not even coming up. And it's actually OBS that is stressing the system. So anyway, moving along. My whole situation with this now is wondering, number one, I understand that we talk about where all the investments are being made in the future, why there is so much uh, impetus on teaching the young about the subjective nature of the universe and how there is no right or wrong. There is no moral compass that could be universalized in any way, shape or form. It's It's an incredible thing. It's an incredible thing to see how, in little ways, it pays off in these tiny little nudges on the dial, just like with the whole transgenderism thing, where you see a minute fraction of 1% turns into 2%, or something. It, It triples in some way, in some little tiny way. This is what's going on here, and that's, of course, another thing that's stacked against us. As we're pushed so much farther into the uh, the abyss, and and people are are meant to be confused, what really are we are we dealing with? Especially when so much of clergy and and men and women of of the church are, have adopted these contemporary ideas and motifs. I, I I was driving by this church in Connecticut. Lauren was in the passenger seat, and uh, this church that we had seen what we see all the time. It normally had the over the course of the last five or six months, the Ukrainian flag draped right over the front of it. And this time, the Ukrainian flag was down, but it was a new it was a new banner to welcome people in and all that stuff. And one of the reasons why, one of the ways that they tried to welcome people in is by saying, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, daily masses, contemporary, blah blah blah. Lawrence, what does contemporary mean? I said, gay. That's what it means. Contemporary means gay. Uh, so th- there's so many conflicting things from the, the, uh, the, the political special interests of uh, sexual politics, of, uh, of environmental politics. It, it leads into everything. Everything. Not to mention what we did a couple of weeks ago when we talk about the abuse of children in school how the abuse of children in public schools far dwarfs anything that the catholic church has even done and what what was the the main point i wanted to talk about in that scenario that because you know it's not the vatican and the catholic church is is the largest player out there in education but many denominations do that and these types of problems are found in all churches uh because it's a it's a it's a very, very tough societal scourge that, they, that we're dealing with. And it's all the same source. I said, why do they ignore the public school problem in order to concentrate all of their just venom on the church? Well, because the abuse that happens at the hands of a clergyman is abuse that translates into somebody just losing, in many ways, losing connection with God. And, and and why? And another thing, there too. As I said, in the way that people prioritize their political, um, their political uh, objectives and missions, they fail to see that the same evil that infiltrated the Vatican and made this such a widespread problem is the same evil, evil that has infiltrated schools and any other place where vulnerable children gather, and that they can just be picked off like fish in a barrel. It's the same evil it's the same and it creates the same kind of abuse cycle that just ruins people that hollows them out that makes them nihilist that destroys their inner child that destroys everything that joy something that we are going to talk about again in a little bit when it comes to nostalgia and um and everything else that i think really relates that i've been trying to tie together over the last couple of days but i think i can i can do decently enough tonight Here is what, what I was, uh, what I saw a few weeks ago. It was actually in late September, late September. And I remember it because it was a month after skip died. It was a, it was actually on the 25th of September that this, this thread was started. And it said the following said losing my faith. I don't feel the Holy ghost. My spirituality consists of reading a holy book and praying to an invisible absent deity. Now, listen. Man, why couldn't God have planned something better than this for his followers? So repetitive, so dull, so lifeless, so tired of feeling nothing when I pray. I read the Bible and all I get are creeping doubts that it it was put together by men and nothing else. How could he be silent and absent for so long? I feel at, like at this point, the only thing sustaining my faith is my human will to keep trudging along with prayer and Bible reading. Is the God I pray to really the same God who brought the plagues onto Egypt? Just seems far-fetched at times. I would love to have faith like Abraham. At least he and God appear uh, at least he had God appear to him and converse with him personally. Uh same as Paul, etc. Faith doesn't seem so courageous and miraculous If you have a personal encounter with God, though Me, all I get is a book Praying to the invisible And thousands of years of God's silence You can see he's just jaded Man, And I don't, don't mean to put this out there So we can hang this person out to, out to dry Though I don't know who they are It's more so these are doubts That I think everybody has at one time or another I'm not trying to cast doubt onto God this is the key part right here, though. I realize the role sin can have in quenching the sense of God's presence is uh, is in one's mind and in one's life. Just expressing some honest doubts. Just so tired of the fruitless routine of praying to the invisible and reading a book. If I ever lose my faith completely, I think I'll hold on to it anyway. See, it, it just... it's it's not make it doesn't make too much sense in in certain places and we'll we'll talk about that just because i hate evil and everything this world has come to be i'm just ready to see god in action but the longer the silence continues the more it seems it'll never happen i have no choice it's jesus or this fallen world filled with wicked people i will therefore continue on but 2000 years has been a hell of a long time i understand where he's coming from because like I said certain things about that seem very familiar from certain parts of my own life if I ever lose my faith completely I think I'll hold on to it anyway just because I hate evil and everything this world has come to be and don't think that this world namely everything I just brought up right now doesn't contribute to people saying oh whether the 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 trauma was inflicted personally or whether it's the trauma of just peering into the public and seeing what we are many times just forced to see there's plenty of good in the world but anyway i have no choice it's jesus or the fallen world filled with wicked people i therefore will continue on Now, I'll tell you some responses here. I see Doc Keck in the the live waiting room. Albert Frederick. I'm glad I got two people waiting there. Don't go anywhere. More people. Find your way to the Discord if you want to talk about this, please. Especially if you're feeling like this. Okay? It's one thing to have. And I love to have people come on with their own stories about how they came from places like this and went somewhere else. Or they understand the journey and they have some encouraging words. That's fine too. But if you feel like this, I'd really love to hear from you because it's all right to feel like this. Um, but still, hang out in the Discord. Do not leave because we will we'll take you your calls in a little bit. Here are some of the uh, some of the um, some of the responses that came in. Well, millions feel the same. Just hang in there. God is real. Another one, no holds barred, said, the ego is the Antichrist. Now, that I don't understand. I understand that the ego can lead to the Antichrist. Free will can lead to the Antichrist, but ego and free will are of God, gifts from God, uh, tools that we use to discern our place in in, uh, in existence and... Um, and bring our understanding to new, new levels. So to say that ego is the antichrist is ridiculous to me. Uh, here's another one. Some people feel blessed and some people feel nothing. You know, a little harsh. Well, here's another one. Then there's some hard, there is some tough love in this one too. Maybe trolling you says, well, let's suppose you just don't believe anymore. What will make you a bad person? Will that make you a bad person? Uh, I, I, uh, he he asked, I'm sorry. I mean, will you start killing people if you don't believe anymore? Will you start raping and stealing automatically? Or will you be pretty much the same person? It was never faith that makes you a good person. One does not become evil right away by abandoning faith. Actually, to me, getting rid of superstitions and gullibility was the best that ever happened to me. I became more knowledgeable about many aspects of life I used to ignore. I understand much more clearly the idea of religion, including it being necessary for many people. I don't believe you're a bad guy overall. You're just realizing that religion only plays a role of holding one back. So there's people that go in that direction too. I know that there are some of you out there in the the audience that are agnostic and atheist. I know plenty of atheists who are uh, staunch, small government, no government conservatives that you would be voting alongside of and want fighting alongside of you in a war any day of the week. So to declare somebody in your mind an enemy just because this journey on earth has has brought us in radically different places, I would suggest resisting that a little bit and uh, let's fire up the dialectic a little bit more. So that's one way. That a person has has brought it uh, has brought their understanding to this topic. Here's another one. This is a spiritual battle. This one is from anonymous. I suggest removing yourself from worldly things and people, etc., etc. This will help you reset and get out of na- and get out into nature. Go to snowy mountains or somewhere beautiful with green trees, a river area that just puts you at ease. There's just, and, and there's so many great people that are in here. Let's see you go. You're not losing your faith. These days, uh, these days we are spiritual. Uh, it's spiritual warfare and hand-to-hand combat. I'm dealing with similar things as are many. Uh, David in Psalms encouraged himself in the Lord. You must do the same. We are in the end game now. Continue to seek, pray, and praise, no matter the feelings. So there's a lot going on. I mean, I I was talking about Night on Bald Mountain a couple of years ago, probably around 2018, 2018, right before the midterm election, I was talking about Fantasia, that last scene in Fantasia, Disney's Fantasia, Night on Bald Mountain, when you have um, the demon that comes up on top of the mountain and just lets everything go. And it really does seem like what the hell is going, what the hell is going to fight this off? What is was it was it going to be? You know he's waiting for God to come down and swing a mighty sword. But in reality, when you think about things like that, I always go back to Night on Bald Mountain, where you have this unbelievable amount of unrest and this just this devilish, ghoulish scene, you know, this sleepy mountain town that has been overwhelmed by all the hounds of hell, and Right when you think it could, they cannot have everything more in their grasp, a solitary bell, church bell, chimes out, and then in comes the peaceful procession. And that in itself is, is it'll always be powerful, incredible stuff. It really will. So I, I try to hold that all out. What, what are the, oh, measuring the expectations. What are the measuring the expectations? If there's evil in the world, why are why are why is anybody expecting something from heaven to come down and do the fighting for us? That's another thing. W- what expectations are you putting on God? Obviously, evil needs to act out in great haste because they don't have the advantage, and they got to act quickly and foolishly and sloppily. They don't have the advantage. This, this is a great way that you can explain our current political crisis right now. But there's more on this I wanna talk about. There's more great things that came in from the audience and a little bit that I've, I was able to put it out there and, and garner some response, and thank God I did. Because we have four great people that are hanging out in the Discord right now, and apparently, that's the only pool of call, callers that I, I can pull from tonight. So it's good that I have a little bit more, because we're gonna to go into some of their thoughts and then we're going to go into nostalgia and all of this struggling with faith and and what it really all means perhaps what it all means all right don't go anywhere be right back
3: welcome to intermission
0: we'll, we'll be right back
2: Yeah, intermission. Entering, quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite
1: frankly. Quite frankly.
4: Quite
2: frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite
1: frankly. Quite 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 frankly, in Roma, Italia. I
5: really like you. You're very smart.
1: So everybody watch.
3: Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly.
2: How dare you.
0: Right. Oh, there I am from before. You see how time is frozen? You. <laughs> you. <laughs> oh boy. You know, this is how you this is how quick you have to be on your feet. Live radio. Uh, a phone line goes down, the only one you have. A camera goes down. Thankfully, I have a few more over here. But um Yep. All right, let's get to some super chats. No, no, no. no. Actually, let's get this let's get to a call first. I'm going to bring in I'm going to bring in Doc Keck. Doc, how you doing? Doc? Yo. What's going on, Doc?
2: Oh, man. Living the life, living the dream, brother.
0: <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. So tonight is right up your alley, I'd have to imagine. What's on your mind?
2: Oh, man. So many things. Spiritual warfare. You know, having uh, just come out of a couple bouts of that myself. Um, feelings of doubt, where they lead, what is faith, how do you move through. My man, this is like the creme de la creme.
0: Yes. Well, give give us your, 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 your best takes because uh, aside from putting a lot of time into this and i know from a philosophical theological uh, standpoint you do that um you also have to know that these doubts are very human and very common so wh- what do you what do you what do you take from this and what do you say to to people who are in that position who, who 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 try to pray they they're trying to learn how to do it and they just don't know where you know where this all leads or if it's all just a practicing futility
2: well um I, I gave actually i gave advice earlier this week that uh prayers of supplication um need to be done like prayers for things like when you're asking for things prayer you know prayers of god yeah. the, the nature of desire is to be present only when you are lacking something so it's like if you're walking in faith it's it, it's a prayer more of like um praying to God for thanks that it is going to happen Uh in the future rather than lamenting the fact that it has not happened in the past. Uh Right? And the danger is really where one can start to idolize like either the situation that one is in or whatever it is that that person is praying for that the prayer of supplication itself can take the place of faith. Right to where, and then you start to find reasons um, to have that prayer in the first place, and then it's like that lack starts to perpetuate itself in your own life.
0: I'm, I'm I'm glad you bring this up, Doc. I I really am because I I just got an email that was sent to me over the break from uh, a man named Jesse, and as I was thinking about ways to answer this. Everything you just said, how it applies to me on a personal level, is uh is, is really important and I'd like to take some time to talk about that. So I, I, I wanna invite you to uh, to say anything else that you have to say before I go on that tangent.
2: I will say that the at in the heart of Christ and the heart of Yeshua and the heart of all of our salvation, through which, you know, is is the doorway to God, is Shalom, is his peace and everything that the Bible points to, it points to the heart of Christ, his shalom, his peace. Thank,
0: Thank you so God. much for everything, Doc. It's always great to have you on.
2: Absolutely, many blessings.
0: All right, see, there you go. Now we still have Trail, we have Casey kakalaki and Albert hanging out in there. I, uh, I implore you guys, don't go anywhere because I wanna sprinkle you in. So Jesse had sent this to me over the, the break frank jesus warned that the last days would be dark i've been dealing with spiritual attacks for five years now if your house is built on the rock then nothing will move you when you wake up each day and uh thank god for everything good in your life you would be amazed at how much that changes your perspective i learned recently about very tragic death of a family member And I will wake up tomorrow and I will thank God for all the blessings he gives me and for sustaining me. I don't deserve any of it. People have to stop whining and man up. Well, to that last part first, like a little bit of tough love like I said, but perhaps it will work on some people, but not all people. Just like if you are having a bad day, one of the worst things someone can tell you is, hey man, cheer up. Like, yeah? Go fuck yourself. But, um... On a personal level, and I only talk about this on the show to a degree because I'm I'm very careful about talking about it too much because the last thing I ever want to do is sound didactic for people because I definitely don't know uh, a lot or everything at all, that's for, that's for sure. But, um, you know, and I understand that people are just tuning in to stretch out for a little while. But since it's in theme for tonight... The biggest difference maker for me, especially this past year, with all the death and the suffering around me, has been prayer. But more so, prior to 2022, my biggest question, and I've asked this when I had people like, uh, with like Timothy Gordon, when he would come on and we'd talk about things like Thomas Aquinas and faith and all of that stuff. And I would, I would wonder, I, I, as far as prayer, how does somebody who is searching, who wants to feel the Holy Spirit, never done it before? How do they, how do they start? Like, how do you teach somebody to pray? It's not, it's not just words. Um, and for a long time, I, I guess I was just saying the words. And this year, I started thinking, you know, how am I, what am I doing when I'm praying? And I need to modify this. So that it makes more sense to me. So for instance, what I did, and I'm thinking about Doc Keck now. The one thing I stopped doing when I was praying was asking for things. I stopped that, a long, I stopped that months ago. I never do it. No matter what I need, what I want for other people, I stop asking for things. And I force myself to be grateful for what I have. I, I, just, I just thank. I, I rattle off everything. Thank you. And I I rattle it all off and in that I then I try to open myself up for strength for whatever I'm going through and that's just really that's the first step I stopped asking for things and I've also begun to reflect on the words of prayers especially phrases of prayers themselves to make them a little bit less repetitive like it sounds like just repetitive sound I have mumbled so many thousands of Hail Marys in my life that I believe it was just useless. You know, saying a decade of Hail Marys and essentially just counting down from 10, and it's just not... it's not. So I really started getting myself to concentrate on words and phrases and meaning and reflecting on what the hell it means. You know... For, for for you out there who, who pray the rosary, Thy womb Jesus, that, that that's just that's one word for me for years, and Blessed is the fruit of Thy womb, comma Jesus. Like 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 oh wait, all the attention is on Jesus there, you know it, it, things like that changed when I just tried to th- even just concentrate on the grammar. So that's number one. Number two. Now, as far as lining myself up for what I want out of life, like Doc Heck was saying, you go, what do you want to manifest in life? What do you, what do you want to take away? What do you want to experience? As far as that lining up there, I started thinking about where, where's my interest in currently? My, all my interests and my curiosity in energy in vibration in astral travels in psychic development where i start seeing all that stuff overlap more and more in these days where do i see it well we've spoken about how it could be possible and it is possible because we see it all over the world many places many studies many many uh tales even just folklore that people who practice different faiths are able to tap into the same kind of energy flow to either to either influence healing, to manifest reality, to change matter with just fine-tuned human intention. You know, good faithful people who are kind, they're benevolent to their neighbors and their friends, but they aren't Christian. They can tap into it too, it seems. We know how evil people are able to manifest things that they want by tapping into that same power source as well. They have different methods. They have different ways of going about things, but through their incantations and their intentions, they do their thing too. So I guess one of the chief questions I I have had for myself in the last four or five months of really intently taking on this task of, of asking myself how I pray is who is your advocate? Under whose banner of authority do you walk out into the world on a daily basis? For me, I I believe Jesus Christ is the most powerful of advocates, and that's where the latest change I have made to prayer comes in. So now when I focus on things that I want in life, not only am I taking physical steps toward that goal every day and working my ass off, I'm also charging it with prayer but the prayer again is not asking for anything it's just I, i've gotten into this habit of almost commanding the universe in the name of god to marshal me the strength the resources and the clarity and it makes far more better sense to me than ever asking for things and and pleading and, and all that stuff It because it, it's an affirmative action instead of begging you know so many people just beg for help i think that the quickest thing you can ask for in any hard situation is strength. And then you have to find a way to get into an affirmative mindset. And sometimes that can be the greatest struggle. It's not easy, but it that's, that's where it is. But here's the other thing about falling away from all that. The further I drift away from healthy habits, if I skip workouts, which is why for months now I have only skipped two. And that's because I was at the peak of being sick or whatever. If I skip meals and I just start feeling like trash, if I don't pray before bed, if I, anything, anything that pulls me off track and I, and I get away from healthy habits, I can honestly say that it feels like someone turns off the lights. The lights are off. And then all of a sudden you're in a you're in dark room again, feeling around for the walls and you're just trying to find something. Um... And in that dark state, boy oh boy, does it get a whole lot shittier to do stuff like reading the news. It gets a whole lot shittier. So I, I I understand it. And let me get around to uh another another one of the entries here. This is from let me see. This is from I, you know what? I'll get, I'll get around to this in just a second. This one's a, a, a pretty big one. And this one is from a friend of mine who I, I actually went back and forth, John Carroll, who writes for the show. I got in touch with him last night and I said, listen, I, I, I'm going to be connecting a few dots tomorrow and I, I really want your thoughts on this. So I sent it over. I sent over some of my thoughts and some links and all that and I, I want to get into this tonight. But first I want to do some super chats because I want to stay on top of that. I don't want to lose track and then we'll take, uh, take a little bit more time at the bottom of the hour, take a break and then we have more things. Stowstove, 12 minutes ago, Frank, great Thursday. Just remembering Thursday nights back in the day. Good times. Rob is missed, but hey, kungfuchannel.com. Just saying, get your Qigong on. Yes. As I was saying on Sunday during the, um, the, the sponsor stream, I'll say it again here too. Uh, Definitely go hang out with Rob during a uh Qigong session. Work out with him. Um obviously it's not a talk show. You're actually getting a workout and that's that's the the second part of his professional life and you should definitely go hang out. Um he's fine, he is well, he's in good health and good spirits, and he's working his ass off. So I just got a I got an update from him yesterday. And um and, and don't worry, you know, Things change, things adjust, and all of a sudden windows open, and Rob will be back, even if I just have to start bringing him back for some Saturday nights or something in the meantime. But thank you for that. That's on the affiliates page too, Kung Fu channel contact, uh, Kungfuchannel.com. American Girl says, "Hi, Frank, thanks for the great belly laugh with your usher. Usher in the back of the press room just punching <laughs> the punching communion. Yes. Knuckle communion. Uh, that painted a great mental picture. I needed that. I sent you a super power tip yesterday, but that was late. Oh, I'll check it out. Hold on, American girl. Thank you so much. Degenerate Dan is back, and he says, A few shekels for the music room, my brother. Uh, see, I'm not such a degenerate. No, you never were. That was just me and my, my eyes. You know I have bad eyes. Uh, Kala Patriot says, Frank, please add a few frames into the intro of you in the light blue balloon boobs sweater. Abe, Cody, everybody hear that? You need at least a frame or two of me in the light blue sweater, which I have to bring back on the air. I'm not retiring that just because some people think it looks like I have tits in it. Um, what else do we have? Uh, let's see. Nugget. Nugget is out there. It says, listening to your show with Tony Arterburn and just brought my bought my first ounce of physical silver. My husband and I are expecting our first child and no better than to have waited this long. But baby on the way hastens you. Thanks for the kick in the pants. Oh, I'm so happy. I'll tell you, Nugget, the first time I held my first... Uh, ounce of of silver it's like you know wow this is great like like, you want to you want to do magic tricks with it or something like you don't you don't actually just want to put it away in a safe you want to like do things with it but it's just a coin or it's you know it's a uh, it's not necessarily around some of them are squared off and whatever i understand what you're going through and congratulations on on the child let us know all about that Cressmont Bear. Hi, Frank. Watching uh, your response to those, those people in the media. Thank you for what you do. God bless you. An American girl from last night says, Frank, I have superpowers I didn't know was a superpower. I can ripple my tongue. I can fold it vertically and in half and horizontally in the middle of my tongue. I can do it separately or together. I can still also do a back bend and walk up and down stairs. Wow. She's possessed as well. That's incredible. No, the tongue tricks are the the ripple thing. I, I don't even understand. I don't understand it at all. But it's it happens. It happens. All right, over there on Rumble Rants, we've got one from Brian Frank. Says, Frank, please don't read this on air. Oh, you bastard. Thank you, Brian. Thank you so much. Now, for those of you on Foxhole, and then we'll take a quick break. Come back. another call we'll take casey's call and then we'll go to our our other thing here because then we're going to start bringing in nostalgia boys blanc thank you sean joe thank you squickly says fear is a man-made figment of imagination it does not exist in god's world faith is the cure if you can find god says rise attire in the bi. if you can't find god in the bible look up He's in love, music, snowflakes, stars, a child's laugh everywhere. Swickly says, God grant me the serenity to accept the things that cannot change. Paulie says, I practice the teachings of Don Juan. That's one way of going about it. Big questions being asked there, no doubt about it. But we will be right back. And when we do uh, more from the audience in the discord and what has been sent to me in email thank god that i did that all right we will be right back Gotta get out of here. Gotta get out of here. Now. Now. quite frankly I'm over here. Still more. All right, let's bring in Casey. What's going on, Casey? What just happened? You're in with me. It's Frank. Can you hear me? I can hear you just fine. How you doing? i I'm well. How are you, Frank? I'm doing well. How's everything been since South Carolina? Oh,
4: it's so nice this week. It's like... 80s, high 70s, low 80s right now. Perfect on the porch. It's just
0: great. It's actually low 70s like, by by us too. I don't know. what's awesome. I don't know how we did it. These are few and far between. I think we're gonna have a really nice weekend. But after that, it's really uh, the luck of the draw, and we have less of this. But anyway, what's on your mind tonight? I, I'm so happy to hear from you.
4: Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Um, I just heard that you were talking with people about faith and heard you talking just a minute ago about prayer. And then one thing that caught my ear earlier was somebody mentioning that um, ego is the evil within us or something like that. And you mentioned, like, you just don't understand that because ego and free will you feel are.
0: Oh, they can lead you. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where a stoic, and we need to talk more about stoicism on this show, but a stoic would say that the ego is one of those tools that that could either that could either lead you to hell or it can lead you to a better understanding of our of our our place in in earth heaven whatever so it's not necessarily antichristic in itself to have ego and to be in touch with it and to use it but um but yeah to to be dominated by it and and have that be all there is that that is a problem
4: yeah i feel like it's definitely a tool it's like a something that can be used you know you can temper it into whatever you're doing but if you're making decisions and actions solely from that place of ego then you're you're in trouble you got problems you're not doing good things
0: well you know a lot you know i i know you and i we've spoken both at at the the extravaganza in south carolina and a little bit uh in direct message but you know we you you have like everybody else we have problems. We have issues. We have family stuff that we go through. And a lot of things always test how firm our footing is. And, uh, and so I, I know that you, you are a, um, you're somebody that has really had to lean on something bigger than ourselves to be able to navigate through, through one thing or most, another. And that's it.
4: Most definitely. Just the other night, actually, um, my husband and I started to get into it And we got down the road, you know, down the argument road a little ways, and it was just like, why didn't I just stop first and pray? Like, why didn't I just stop and pump the brakes before I ran my mouth and just pray a minute? And once I did that, you know, we were already a little ways down the trail, but once I did that and spent the remainder of the evening in prayer and... You know, I had to go to work the next morning and do the normal everyday stuff. But yeah. in my idle times, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, like just asking God, please help me not make rash decisions. Just help me be patient and help me. You know, that's that's what prayer is to me. And yeah, something I don't else we were talking about a little bit ago was um, pr- like what's changed for you in prayer is <clears throat> not asking for stuff and really focusing on the words. And something that I try to do these days is open every prayer with like at least a couple of things that I'm grateful for. Or yeah. sometimes I only pray to be grateful. Oh, you know, you know what? And one of my all-time always-in prayers is, "Thank you, God, that I'm alive in a time of electricity and hot water. Like, how lucky am I?"
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. No, that's good.
4: Everybody that came before us
0: now, now, that uh, had none of that. The real question then is, Casey, what what, what about those who are having a uh, a crisis where they, they would love to feel something they would love to feel something and they try their hardest to do so they go through all the motions but there doesn't feel anything. they don't they they don't feel anything and they're gonna keep they endeavor to keep trying but uh, but they they just don't know what they and what about those who in a time of electricity and hot water aren't actually able to experience that either it's a it's a lot it's a lot of heavy lifting for someone to to to, to you know to bear to be yeah, able for,
4: to- for somebody right off the street to just start from square one um i don't know how you would do that for somebody you know someone that's like i would i would tell that person that can has it literally been this way your entire life the answer is going to be no everybody that you meet has at least one happy memory of something that was just unbelievably unbelievably great and in that moment maybe they had the wherewithal to stop and be like man the sunrise or the sunset or dancing with this person or having just having a night on the couch and having absolutely nothing to do and all's right with the world. Like there's been a moment where you have just been unbelievably happy and that's happened. So your whole entire life hasn't been terrible. So it would lead, it would stand to reason then that what you're feeling right now, this absence isn't going to be forever. And, shoot i had a thought that i was going to go back to you
0: no you got and me and i you, lost you, it you got me exactly where where i needed to be casey and, and and it's in that uh that idea of joy and i i thank you for that and and all the best to you and the hubby and, and i'll talk to you soon
4: yes sir thank you for taking my call have a good night frank
0: all right you too um all right so i'm going to get into another thing here i'm going to get into a uh a letter that i got from John Carroll, quite frankly, writer, you can go and check out all of his wonderful work on the quite frankly blog. He's talking about the actual thread, the OP, the original poster, uh, who has lost faith and is, you know, still searching around for it, but is frustrated and hates evil and sees what's going on in the world, but just is is having a hard time sticking around and, and going through the motions. Here's what we got. This person is already in the process of losing their faith, hence the doubt, hence they used to have stronger faith. So I tried to find a solution to restore their faith, which, is, which will require learning about what faith is and how it works. Take this part, quote, I'm not trying to cast doubt on God. I realize the role sin can have in quenching the sense of God's presence in one's mind and one's life, just expressing some honest doubts just so tired of the fruitless routine of praying to the invisible and reading a book. Now, he says, I'm not trying to doubt, but I'm ab- I'm, I'm absolutely doubting in the same way. You see, God is not the problem in this relationship. Uh, they even admit the truth, saying that they know sin makes every aspect of their life worse, but incredibly, they arrive at the conclusion that being a sinner can't be why they have this hole in their heart. Now, even I, at that point, when John Carroll wrote that to me. I was I was already thinking about what has been has changed for me this year, as far as, you know, when I'm on track and I'm feeling good, and uh, and if I'm pulled off track, what does it? You know, what what kind of virtuous, uh, healthy habits are, are being broken and 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 whatnot, and and how I feel it feels like the lights go out. But he goes here. I'm just going to assume. That they want to sin because it's easier and they want to be validated for thinking something that deep down inside they know is wrong. That's usually the case 99% of the time. If they took some time to reflect and genuinely want to find their faith, they might come to understand that the fact that living a virtuous life leads to happiness is a very high IQ proof, not only of God's existence, but of his might and majesty. The sacred geometry that is present, even in something immaterial like someone's outlook on life, is encoded with God's fingerprints. It's a very humbling thought. We could never come up with that ourselves. I think that this is is definitely linked with the pleasantness of all things nostalgia. Here we go. Nostalgia has always been beloved by every generation, which I think is an important clue. Think about how in Midnight in Paris—I love that movie— Owen Wilson is so desperate to go back to what to him was the golden age, which was that lost generation era of the 1920s in Paris. But when he gets there, the girl that he falls in love with says, oh, no, no, you think this is the golden age? I remember that. No, she wants to go to the the age before that, which was La Belle Epoque. And I would love to talk about La Belle Epoque on uh, on this show at some point because it would give me more of a reason to dig deeper into it. Uh, in a nutshell, it was this period... I got it up here... Uh, this period of French and European history, usually dated between 1871 and 1880, and uh, around there, up until the outbreak of World War One in 1914, occurring during the era of the Third French Republic. It was a period characterized by optimism, regional peace, economic prosperity, colonial expansion, and technological <clears throat> scientific and cultural innovations we should actually like I said do a segment on this uh, because oh, I, I just want to throw myself into it but it's it's a great point that somebody always wants to go back to a place before now that is also that, that, that could be a problem it could be a problem where suddenly you find yourself living mentally in a place that does not exist anymore and you're 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 separated from opportunities you have right in the moment. Like um I mean there are the I, I can pick a number of places that I would love to go spend a week in and just in, immerse myself in another time. Uh, With my with my wife and with my family and just and just jump into a giant time machine. I'm still looking. I'm sorry I'm still looking at this camera. So if you wonder why the hell this is like It's it's habit, but anyway, I Where was I It's always important And especially if you're a parent and you got young ones or whatever the hell's going on if you're young if You are in good health if you still have your parents around, if you still have good friends, if if things around you are not really that bad, all right. And what I mean is, if you are in decent good health, and if you have a roof over your head, in 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 actuality, things are not that bad. And I can't tell you how many times I'm driving alone, coming back from the studio or going out to buy some groceries or something, and and I'll just catch huge whiffs of gratitude and just being right here and saying this. These are the golden ages. This is my golden age. I I I can't think about how great it would be to have lived a, a couple of weeks in New York in the 1950s to, to go watch the Yankees play play the Dodgers in Ebbets Field or something like that, because that's that's fucking fantasy. You know, I, I, I'm I, it's a fantasy. I can't keep reliving. Uh, the, the 90s and the 80s, but you can go back to them. You can go back to them for reflection and for contrast. And it's good to relive that joy. If there's one thing that we can do as, as human beings, that is a talent and also a curse. We can relive the joy of an amazing moment over and over again. We can also make ourselves, we can also punish ourselves for the same mistake Until forever oh man oh that that is something that your your average you know household pet does not do um so you can you can time travel whenever you'd like in that respect but john carroll goes on to say i think our love of nostalgia has to do with the fact that being a kid was awesome so this is what this is why what casey said brought me around to this Literally anything was possible, and we never stopped dreaming. We were creating our own reality. The Bible is actually explicit about how important this is. From the Gospel of Matthew, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become... Like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever hum- humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That was, in- that, that, and it's an incredible reminder. Uh, John goes on to say that this, the, when it, as it pertains to nostalgia, it reminds us of a time when we were happier, when we were good people and surrounded by good people when we've uh, we've all lost at least part of our innocence on the journey to adulthood, but nostalgia makes us remember what it felt like to be more in a pure state. The world wears us down when we start to get exposed to the profane and the disgusting aspects of it. We all have our scars, and while they're hopefully strengthened us, there still come at a cost of our closeness to God. Children are very close to God, whether they realize it or not. So to get back to the solution, this person in losing their faith needs to simply start acting like they did before. Even if they didn't think that they had faith in God back then, they absolutely did. It's just hard for children to conceptualize God because they're so in the midst of him. Incredible. So this is incredible. This phenomenon was seen very clearly by St. Therese of Lisieux who invented the little way of getting into heaven. It was a series of life hacks for meditating and praying and living that basically alters your consciousness back into a child's where you just love completely. All of a sudden, your fruitless routine, fruitless routine of praying to the invisible and reading a book will become immersive experiences that reward you with a better understanding of yourself and the world. You know, and that's, uh, that's all from, from John. It really makes you wonder going back to the beginning there too, about the creation of new atheists and agnostics and the, and the abuse cycle in schools and uh, especially the abuse that was, uh, that was spread all throughout churches and stuff and how that deadens the what, what quicker way to deaden your connection to God than to, than to have the, 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 the profane and the disgusting aspects of humanity come into your experience from a priest? Makes you wonder wh- how, and I guess, I guess it makes you stop wondering why it's become so important to end childhood prematurely for so many generations of children with politics and sex and uh, you know trauma. Trauma-induced mind control, especially politics. No, no better way to end childhood than make an 8-year-old make a statement about one thing or another. Abortion. But it's bigger than that. The world seeks to kill the child. The world seeks to kill the child that stays and fights. Oh, wait, is this from John? I think this is the last bit from John. It's bigger than that. The world seeks to kill the child that stays and fights to stay alive in all of us. No, I think that might have been a note that I gave myself. Yeah. The child that fights to stay alive in all of us as we grow older is always scratching and clawing around in there. And I think that's why that these VHS-looking these looking glass videos that, we, that I jump into so much are so impactful because the 7-Eleven, especially the 7-Eleven, 2.30 a.m., 7-Eleven near Disney, Disney World in 1987. I think this is why it's so impactful because at 3 a.m. in Orlando, it's showing ordinary people who, to a much greater degree, kept a childlike joy in the simple things. You're talking about people who, are, who are, are serving up slushies and and things in a 7-Eleven at nearly 3 o'clock in the morning.
5: 7-Eleven, but Chris has got to make a decision between, what do we have, ma'am? Orange and cola. Orange and cola. Chris? The orange. The orange. He's going for the orange. Perhaps if we get a close-up look, we can find out the secret ingredients that makes this Slurpee mm-hmm. a 7-Eleven Slurpee. There the you go. Freedom. The
0: freedom. freedom.
5: What's 7 Eleven. Let's see. Freedom of the head. Freedom game. of the legs. Yeah. You guys have a nice Ma'am, did you get any strange people in here late at night? Yes, we do. But <laughs> oh, hey,
0: what, what you was she talking picture about?
5: Come on over, Katie. Uh, here we are searching for you the take people. Your Look, this yes. is a special 7-Eleven. It comes equipped with dancers for your entertainment. No cover no, no. charge. Well, she's not really dancing. She's just standing next to the frozen food. Hi, sir. How are oh you this God, evening? Oh, Are
4: you really taking
5: pictures? Oh, it's not on. Don't worry about it. Oh. <laughs> can you sign this form? Just you kidding. Start taking out photos if you want. We're not hey, none that. Of them. These are just random
0: people that are going, the, uh, random kids that went in with their, you know, a couple friends, three guys that went into a 7-Eleven and just started f- filming people. And first of all, that wasn't. That wasn't an invasion of privacy at all. Everybody just kind of hammed it up a little bit. And, and meanwhile, this is just a, I don't know, man. There'll
5: be none of that talk in this store.
0: There's something about the night manager that's just kind of calm and smirking and smoking a cigarette.
5: What are you doing tonight, sir? You're the manager here? No, sir. He is, he is tonight. He's the night manager. The night manager? Yeah, you are. This okay. is a fine establishment you have here, here sir. Can you, can you explain to us? How come the super big gulp is 59 cents, while the other, the regular big gulp oh is 69 cents? No, <laughs> so actually, you're paying 10 cents for that missing, right. you know, you pay 10 cents to have less. Right. That's, it's, it's Weight Watchers, right? Cents,
0: and now, it, it, I love all the other people that come in to the store. Guys that are obviously on Coke, and then you have this, this uh, guy that comes in with the French check.
5: your automobile. Uh, just to buy
0: toothpaste, you know, because we <laughs> So, so there's, a, there's a French chick comes in with a, the, the rear view mirror that just fell off the car, wants to buy toothpaste. You go through this, it's eight minutes, eight minutes, 54 seconds, and I swear at the end, you don't want them to go away. You, you, and you say, who are them? Who, who are they? Who are they to me? Who are they to you? I mean, we don't know them. I did it again, going to the, the dead camera. But you don't want them to go away. It's not like they didn't have problems or anxieties uh, that came along with any kind of responsibilities of adulthood or whatever else, but consider what we're up against now and how even though the world has its problems in 1987, I guess the plotters were still plotting, but we hadn't been turned against each other yet, and that joy wasn't beaten out of us. There's so much there. Now, I have another fantastic example uh, of this. That ties a few things up into one, the kind of television that we used to get when I was a kid in the 1990s, the spiritual aspect of questioning your faith and, and all all different types of uh, spiritual standing a person can be in and more just, it's, it's a great, it's a great package. We'll get that in just a second. What I want to do is take a break, take a break. And did I set up another break? I don't think I set up another break for myself. I've been doing this a lot lately. I usually have two breaks set up, and I didn't. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring in Jerry Coogan. Here's a guy that can fill up some time. Jerry Coogan from Scotland. What's going on, Jerry? Oh, All <laughs> I want to do is take a break. Jerry. Can you hear me? I can hear you, buddy. Right, hold on. Let's we'll switch this off.
3: No. Okay, are we, are, we, are we communicating? I hear you. Right, great, fantastic! I've never used this setup before, so I thought it wasn't working. Uh, this is <laughs> this is such a great show tonight. This is really my bag. I wish I was, uh, wish I was sitting in that chair right beside you, because it's such a. This is actually the only thing that really matters. With all said and done, you know. Yeah. These are the big questions. I was thinking about this sort of stuff even as I was driving home tonight uh, from my gig, and just it's amazing. It was just very, very similar thoughts just all these questions of faith, there's so many things that you absolutely believe in, and then there's all these other things where you think, this bit doesn't make sense, it's so frustrating, so frustrating. And all I can really sort of say at the very end of it is, what's the alternative, you know, what is the alternative? If there isn't something better ahead of us, and if we ever, if we aren't actually trying to, like the tree that's trying to reach the sun, it might never get there, but... If it doesn't try to get towards the sun, nothing happens. It's pointless. Everything is pointless. At least you get a harvest out of that attempt to aspire to something that's beyond you. Um, and that's my kind of rationale. With a, you know, sixty years of struggling to come to terms with all these ideas, and they're too big. Philosophers have killed themselves out of frustration because they couldn't figure out all the answers. I know. I think. I think a lot of it is just like having the humility to say, I only am what I am and I'm not the top of the tree, so I'll just go with what feels right and follow my instincts and that way you seem to get better fruits, you know, better fruits. I wouldn't like to be Klaus Schwab. I wouldn't like to be Hillary Clinton. Uh, I wouldn't like to be going down that road. Um...
0: I know, I know. I'd
3: rather be my grandfather that died with, you know, nothing to leave, really, just enough to keep himself going, but a wonderful human being, beautiful man, loved by over a dozen grandchildren and so on, that's the way to leave the world, rather than having sown hate, and these are people who are genuinely religious, that's the real religion. Catholic, Protestant, Muslim or whatever The real thing is the will of God I will be done on earth as it is in heaven That's the the Lord's Prayer Islam means surrender to the will of God All of these things are about acceptance and serenity the Buddhism and all that It's trying to fit in with the way the wind is blowing Which is God's will The will of God Try and, try and tune into it uh, rather than be bigger than it and smarter than
0: it, I think the, I think Jerry the, the, and and uh, I I guess what the the bigger thing here is that I know everybody. It's one thing to have, um, uh, there's there's belief. There is to be scholarly, scholarly in your in your pursuits to to read, to be interested in the subject. And there's another thing to hear about people who are completely filled to the brim, with just buzzing levels of grace where they where they. They, they, they feel that they have been supercharged by some kind of a, a rocket fuel that can only come from God. And those who have spent their entire lives going to church, saying prayers, and wanting to feel that so bad, and, and are frustrated that maybe they're doing something wrong that they they, they, they haven't, they never have. And um, it, it, I know that, that that's a, a real situation for people. I, me, personally, I have never been in... Claim to be an atheist at any point in my life, I have, I have, an, I have been agnostic. I've, I, I, because to to be atheist is to know as well. I think that's just as ridiculous as as anybody else who, uh, who, at that point when I was thinking that way, I thought to be an atheist was just as ridiculous as anybody who knew for certain of the other way. Uh, it, it, in my not knowing, how the hell can I? How can I? I, I ever even. Uh, dabble with atheism if, if I don't know because that's an absolute yeah. that's an absolute as well but um yeah it's 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 one of those things I I can respect an agnostic um but I've never really been
3: able to completely dig an atheist at least if it's an atheist in the sense of they believe there is no God like the, the sort of Richard Dawkins uh type of atheist there are atheists they call themselves atheists I think they are actually really agnostic they just say no I, I, I I don't believe but that doesn't mean I dismiss so I think there are two types of uses of the word atheism or atheist there are those who refuse to believe in God and there are those who just uh, they're not going to believe anything which is respectable the first one isn't Uh, the first one is a religion in itself and and sometimes it's only a front for something worse than that it's an anti-God thing they know there's a God but they're against it Uh, The thing you're seeing there, you get people with this immense conviction or this immense something or other that uh, you and I might not have. And I think, you know, some people are just different. Mozart was smarter than other musicians. Um, You couldn't learn to do what he did. He had his insight, he had his vision, which is a stupid word to use for music, but he knew what he was trying to do. Uh, And then you have your Salieri's or your pub piano players or the people that can, you know, a certain level of competence. They're not the worst musicians in the arena. Um, They're good enough to have people listen to them, but they are not the creative forces. So I I think we're all at different levels, and we just have to be honest about what level we are at. Um, If you're one of the Beatles, then you you make Abbey Road. That's the proof of it. And if you're not, then... uh, you might play in the pub. Hey, we can play. Come together. We can play, whatever. That, and that's quite good. As well, well,
0: that was in, our, that, it, was in so last, that was in our last. That was in our last set list. We play. I believe we played. Come together. Uh, I don't know. One or two shows ago. I, I we like putting that into a medley with a few other things. But Jerry, you once again, like all the other calls that we had tonight, have led me right to the doorstep of one of the final things I want to do. So I thank you for calling in. Well, thank you for taking my call, and God bless you and all the Franklies that are listening there. Hey, start calling in more often on the Discord, because your voice sounds a lot more clear. And for us uh, uh, uncultured Americans, it's a lot easier to understand a Scotsman like yourself.
3: I will try that. I'm always wary about waking up the rest of the house. That's why I tend to walk outside and use the Kindle to call in, you see.
0: Okay. Well, either but, way. Uh, right. God bless you all. Take care, my friend. Be well. Yo. There you go, I like that. Um, all right, so here's what we have. Here is what we have at the end. And I don't know. It might get taken, us it taken off of YouTube or whatever. But the clip has been on on the on the internet for many many years. It's not that long, and I'm gonna break it up into two pieces anyway. I have a fantastic example of a few things, all tied up into one. I have a piece of television from Saturday mornings in the 1990s, X-Men. It's this one uh, episode that I remember back then and then I stumbled upon maybe about five or six years ago and I said, wow, seeing this now is just incredible from so many perspectives. And I can't wait to go into the, the comments afterwards. Wolverine goes to Germany on a ski trip with rogue and with gambit. And they meet up with nightcrawler, who is a devout Christian mutant living in a monastery there in Germany. And during the course of the episode, there's public outrage that a mutant was in the monastery and the pitchforks are coming out and all that stuff. And they want to get him. anyway, it creates this confrontation of faith inside of this episode. And Wolverine especially is not understanding how a persecuted man like Nightcrawler could keep his faith when being rejected like this. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to show you the first two minutes of this clip. It's, a, it's an amazing, it's a really a, a, a fantastic episode, and I'm so glad that it's been allowed to survive on, on YouTube this long. Here we go. No,
1: he's right. So all people are flawed and all struggle with their capacity for sin, none likes to be reminded of our shared human weakness. My appearance does not make it easy. Don't it make you crazy? It did once. But then I found peace by devoting my life to God. He directed me to this place where they value the character of my heart, not my appearance. What are you talking about? We're mutants. God gave up on us a long time ago. No, my friend. God does not give up on his children, human or mutant. He is there for us in our times of joy and to help us when we are in pain, if we let him. Don't give me that easy answer, garbage. I've tried. Don't you think I want that? I don't need a sermon from some circus boy preacher.
5: Looks like you touched
0: a nerve.
1: I am sorry. I did not mean to upset him.
0: So I'll stop right there for a second. Don't you think I want that? And, and, and just that sentiment alone, hold on to that sentiment. Don't you think I want that? It's not that it's silly. Even though you have the dichotomy of all the four of them in their in their balanced roles, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Obviously, Gambit is the eternal skeptic, but um, you can see that. Here you go.
1: You are searching for me. Nah. Looking for a moment alone. We are alike, you and I. Angry at the world, and ourselves. My pain drove me to seek God. Yours drove you away. Don't tell me about God. What kind of God would let men do this to me? Our ability to understand God's purpose is limited. But we take comfort in the fact that his love is limitless. (laughs) I used to buy into all that. But I've lived too long. And I've done too much. Life will always be hard. I understand this better than most. Yet despite it all, people of every faith believe there is a God who loves them. Can so many be wrong? Open your heart, Herr Logan. Would it hurt so much to see the world through different eyes? Brother!
0: So see the world through different eyes. Open your heart he's trying to he's trying to break up that glacier in in uh in logan 's heart there, so now the pitchforks come, and it ends up with the uh you know the the village, they come to they come to see the, the villagers come to see the grace of God and night night crawler. everybody comes to understandings eventually cooler heads prevail the monks who used to look at him sideways and thought he was an abomination um, they came around too but in the turmoil. The monastery was destroyed by fire. And then we, uh, let me see here. It's around 309. I put here, there you go, 308, 309. And then we get this last minute and a half.
5: What about the monastery?
1: A great tragedy. But it was only stone and mortar. The foundation God has built in our hearts can never be destroyed. Man, I don't get you. Yeah. I've marked a few passages you may find rewarding. Remember, Herr Logan,
0: different eyes. Now, for those of you in podcast land, Nightcrawler has just said, okay, obviously Logan is still being stubborn. I don't get you. How can you, how can you have this, this worldview after you, all the destruction we just saw and, and the, 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 the turmoil in the heart of man that was pointed at you not too long ago? And he gifts Wolverine, Logan, a Bible with some passages that have been labeled for him. All right? So now they go back to Paris. Now they're back to civilization. And this is where Rogue and Gambit are having an ice cream. And Rogue is obviously thinking a little bit more. And they don't know where Logan is for the moment. But this is how the episode ends.
3: Ah, Harry.
1: Back in the civilized world.
5: I don't know. Those quiet little monks were starting to grow on me.
1: Face it, Cher, those monks kid themselves. We aren't our own in this world. Life is random, deal you a
3: full house or a busted flush. What'd I say? (sighs) What if he's right?
5: What if there is nothing else?
0: so again for the pod i hate to stop this on you again but we have podcast audience out there now rogue is walking alone in the streets of paris and asks herself what if what if gambit the the eternal doubter is right what if there is nothing out there and she is uh led now to the front doors of a church and look what she finds inside
1: i will give thanks to you O oh lord for though you are me. Turned away, and you comforted me. I will trust and will not be afraid.
0: There you go, Wolverines found his way back. Now So you have the nostalgia, you have the childlike joy, you have the question of faith. I think there's plenty of overlap there. And then there's, of course, just the perspective of how, um, again, there I am, frozen, frozen in time. Then there's just the perspective of how society has changed. In so many ways that are obviously everything else is just collateral damage But there is so much we could we can spend a lot of time describing the waters that we're drowning in But why do that over and over again? There's so much that is purposely put in place to just bleach this connection out of us Purposely put in place Listen to some of these comments. I love reading them. Here's one This is such good writing. This is from just a couple of months ago. There's people that still come back to this clip. This is such good writing. Nightcrawler is devout. Wolverine is angry. Rogue is unsure but respectful. Gambit is cynical, yet they're all heroes. Logan comes around uh, out of his own arc, but he isn't forced into it or shamed as being wrong. Gambit continues to be a cynic and rogue feels something, but not ready to commit. No one is talked down to or absolutely right. A lot of modern adult, quote unquote, adult shows can learn from this. And this was funded to sell seven-year-old toys, you know, seven-year-olds toys so th- this is, I mean, this is what we were served up. There's more. Um, let's see here. Uh, uh, let's see. As a Christian and a Marvel fan, I was heartened by how Nightcrawler was able to capture the spirit of Christ. He's a man of faith. God, uh, glad I'm watching the whole series on Disney+. Plus. Well, <laughs> I, there's a trade-off there, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so rare. This is a year ago. So rare to see Christianity in particular portrayed positively in the media, even more so in cartoons. It brings a smile to my face, but it's also kind of bittersweet to know that this is a, a relic of the past. It's hilarious, says Reese. How modern media prides itself on being mature because of the massive amounts of gore and swearing it contains. Not a single swear word was needed in this scene and more mature than most television shows for adults. Here's another one. I've lived too long, I've done too much. The pain in his voice is one of the most honest lines uttered in the whole series, or any. Um. Yeah. Here you go here. You go. Here's one from an atheist. I'm an atheist. Even I found this to be really heartwarming. Like Nightcrawler, uh, he didn't force himself into anything, and all he told Wolverine was to see things in a different perspective and open your mind to something new. So uh, th- there's, there's that as far as questions of faith and where you're going to find it. Thinking, I'm not going to prescribe you anything. That's not my place. But I told you a little bit about what my journey was to, to retool some things that weren't working for me and to try to approach things like prayer and uh, dusting off those connectors, those connectors, not necessarily the connection, those connectors, those receptors, taking that, and then, of course, the idea of joy, that's really it. This is a society that's been built to burn joy out of you. If you can find that, the little joys in being outside, doing anything. Start small, change your routine up, and form healthy habits. And little by little, little by little, we become impervious to a lot of this trash. And then learn to swim, just in case the tidal wave comes. Learn to swim, my friends. Learn to swim. All right. Into the grab bag, into the into the uh the chat super chats we go hopefully tomorrow i don't have freezing uh cameras and i am able to start up skype this is very disconcerting that this is happening on a computer like this but anyway doc keck says many blessings frank and the whole frankly fam may the uh may the shalom and a pre- peace of the creator fill all uh all all uh all through his son Jesus Christ, Amen. Larkstar, love the show. Uh, made me an instant rumin. Oh, what was this? Made me an instrument. Uh, make me an instrument of your peace. Uh, where there is hate, let me sh- sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is a despair, hope. Uh, where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Robin says the Bible is the guidebook for life's problems. It contain, contains the basic instructions prior to departing Earth. The only book that has living uh, has the living word. I love the topic, she says. Well, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad. You know, I take risks with with shows like this. I know I take risks because, um, like I said before, before I started talking about my personal journey this year, uh, I don't want to sound didactic. Because uh, that is horribly obnoxious, but at the same time, we are in uh, troubled times, artificially troubled, and it's good to do a little checkup, a little checkup on the soul from time to time. And I, I I hope that we hit several spots without being too intrusive, on your your personal, I don't know your personal time you spend with me. Sometimes you don't want to you don't want to talk about. Faith at the dinner table. But what is this? This is a dinner table? What the hell is this? I don't think so. I don't eat on air, thank God. I would never do that to you. I don't I don't know why people who who have broadcasts and podcasts would ever do that to anybody. But you all have been fantastic. Thank you. Over on Rockfin, I want to say thank you to Twisted Wizard. says, good can come from just being uh, in the I am mindset. Read Jesus even says don't you believe that I am I am in the Father and that the Father is in me In John 14 10 everything has the power of creation All are one Thank you so much Thank you and and, uh, Twisted Wizard if you want to put that YouTube link in the discord That would be a lot easier As far as our Rumble folks go you guys have been a wonderful group To spend some time with and thank you Swickly Thank you, Paulie. Thank you, River Pike. Everybody over there on Fox coins for giving me the time and giving me the, the date. Tomorrow, we will be back at 7 o'clock. I don't know. Matt said he'll be in studio, so we'll do some headlines. We'll do some Babylon B. We'll have some fun. We're bringing on Christian Scantling from Nordic Coffee, riseandgrind.us. I will have, quite frankly, coffee in my hand. Wrong wrong camera i'll have quite frankly coffee in my hand and we're just going to talk about roasting and any other questions you have about coffee i want to do that it's friday night to hell with it that's it trying to get grateful here thanksgiving is coming all right you guys and gals you have been fantastic to me once again i cannot thank you enough i am going to go cook something and just put this night to bed see you later
1: i'll catch you on the flip side
0: Quite frankly, it's filmed before a live studio audience. Now, the Super Chatters, starting with Doc Keck, Larkstar, Robin, American Girl, Stostube, American Girl again, Degenerate Dan, Kala, Patriot, Nugget, Crestmont Bear, and last night, American Girl again, that I missed out, I'm so sorry. Twisted Wizard, Brian Frank, and so many others on the foxhole. You guys, thanks again. Go to quitefrankly.tv, become a monthly sponsor, however you'd like to do that, and I will see you soon. Feel joy tonight, my friends.